legendary fountain of youth spring is supposed to restore the youth to anyone who drink from it. You know, this actually sort of a long-standing myth that has been associated with the Spanish explorer uh, Juan Ponstillon, who went looking for the fountain of youth in uh, 1513, and he ended up in Florida. In fact, uh, the city of St. Augustine claims to be that place where Ponstillion found that fountain of youth. But the truth is that this myth goes way back beyond 1513, beyond Ponstillion. In fact, it goes back all the way to Alexander Romance, where supposedly he and his servants have crossed the land of darkness and found restoring springs. And today, of course, there are many a commercial, many a product that would tell you that if you pop this pill or use that makeup or do this or do that or do the other thing, you're going to restore your fountain of youth and you're going to, regardless of your age, you're going to look 20 again. I hate to tell you, I don't want want to look 20 again. I'm happy the way I am. I actually like the guy who said, there is a way to stay young forever. And it's very simple. He says, if you eat wisely, get plenty of sleep, work hard, have a positive outlook on life, and lie about your age. (laughs) You can stay young forever. But believe it or not, the Bible talks about the real fountain of youth. There is a real fountain of youth, and it is in the Bible. It's in the Scripture. It's in the Word of God. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. The real fountain of youth. And that fountain of youth comes about from drinking from a certain fountain, from a certain place. There is a real fountain of youth, but you have to drink from it. In fact, in John chapter 4, when Jesus encountered the Samaritan woman, he said to her in verses 13 and 14, he said, everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I give him, he will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give will become in him a spring of living water, welling up, bubbling up into eternal life. That's the real fountain of youth. And that's precisely the fifth secret for positive living. The fifth secret for positive living. That is discovering, knowing, and reveling in the real fountain of youth. Throughout the series of messages, I have been emphasizing over and over, and I will till the end, the difference between so-called the power of positive thinking theory and the power of positive living. The power of positive thinking at best is temporary. The power of positive thinking is an external power. It needs you to constantly be propped up. But the power of positive living is very different. It makes you live a life not like a plant in a greenhouse who's constantly needing attending to and constantly needing be protection, constantly needing being propped up. No, 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 no. The power of positive living is permanent. The power of positive living springs from inside of you. The power of positive living is an inner power that it will not insulate you from life's problem, but it will give you victory over them. It will not avoid the difficulties of life, but will make you victorious over them. It will not hide you from the challenges of life, but will lift you to live above them. That's the power of positive living. And we saw 
that the very first secret of positive living is understanding, comprehending, practicing the inflow-outflow equation. And secondly, we saw the second secret for positive living is that taking hold of that deposit, that 100% deposit, not a small percentage, but the 100% deposit. Then we saw the third secret for positive living is the practice of forgiveness. The fourth secret for positive living we saw in the last message is overcoming our natural timidities. And here today on the fifth secret is the reveling in the fountain of youth. Turn with me, please, if you haven't already. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. I'm going to come back to this. Verse 16, Therefore, we do not lose heart, Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. There are two things I want to tell you about this real fountain of youth. Two things. First of all, Paul tells us, how do you get it? How do you acquire it? And secondly, he tells you how to appropriate its power. How to get the real fountain of youth, how to recognize it, and how to appropriate its power. Every day. How do you get it? How do you recognize it? First of all, Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, as we've already seen, in John chapter 4, he said, I am the one who gives it to you. He's the only one who can give it to you. You can only get it from Jesus and Jesus only. Without Jesus giving it to you, it is impossible for you to get it. And Jesus will give it to you whenever you ask for it. How do you get it? Well, look with me at 2 Corinthians 3.18. Paul is actually saying that you get it by gazing at the face of Jesus. What does that mean? It means that you recognize that in Jesus, all of God is there. And that without Jesus, you can never be saved. And that no one can ever be saved eternally or go to heaven without Jesus Christ. That's the bottom line. That's what he's saying there. Verse 18. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory and are being transformed into the likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. He is saying Jesus and Jesus alone is the full manifestation of God. Jesus and Jesus alone in whom the fullness of God is revealed. And only when you recognize this fact That all of God is in Jesus. Only when you come to that point in your life. Only then will you get all of God. And that is how to get the fountain of youth. Look at verse 18 again. When you look at the face of Jesus, Jesus transforms you. That's what he's saying here. He will transform you. You will become a transformed person. If you have not become a transformed person, you can't be today. Because when you gaze at the face of Jesus, when you come to the point of your life on recognizing that all of God is in Jesus and no one besides Jesus, at that point, your dead spirit immediately becomes revived and you become transformed into a powerhouse. Your murky soul will become flowing with the spring of life. 
Your life goes from despondency and resignation to rejuvenation and optimism. Your life will be transformed from deadly fate to a magnificent faith. Your life will progress from glory to glory. It cannot stand still. Your life will be a continuous progress. Your life will be continuous excitement. When you gaze at the face of Jesus, that is when you come face to face with that fact that Jesus has all of God, you'll become a transformed person. Look at verse 1, chapter 4. He said that with that fountain of youth that you'll be strengthened. You'll be strengthened. Therefore, since we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. We don't get up and down and up and down. Regardless of what factors that are conspiring together to try to undo you. Regardless of what factors that are conspiring together try to get you down. They cannot keep you down because he has already given you strength in that fountain of youth. Not only that, but verse 2. He said that the real fountain of youth will give you purity. Purity of motive. Purity of speech, purity of intentions, and purity of heart. But not only that. Look at verses 3 and 4. He said that this real fountain of youth, which comes to you when you gaze at the face of Jesus, when you recognize that only Jesus and Jesus only, when you come to that fact, he not only gives you that fountain of youth, but he also makes you a privileged person. You see, he makes you a transformed person. He gives you strength. But then he makes you a privileged person. You can have a special privilege and special honor. Right here. Hear me right. This is very important. Not everyone who claims to be Christian had received this fountain of youth. Not everybody who belongs to a church or a denomination has received this fountain of youth. Because this has nothing to do with churchmanship. That has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with denominations. It has nothing to do with you going to church. Just because someone is a member of a church doesn't mean that they have received the fountain of youth. Why? Because not everyone is willing to accept the conditions of that gift of the fountain of youth. Not everybody is willing to accept the conditions. There are some who want to do it their way. There are some who want to subtract some and add some. There are some, what they call the smorgasbord Christian, and they want to choose and they want to pick. Others want to improve on it. They really want to make Jesus look good. Then the others who try to modify it. You see, here's the problem. (laughs) Satan deludes some people into thinking that they can have that spiritual fountain of youth without accepting the conditions that go with the gift. Verse 4. The God of this world, that's Satan, because why he's called the God? Is he God? No, no, he's not God. He's a God to them because they worship him, because they don't worship Jesus Christ. Because the God of this world, Satan, has blinded them. He blindfolded, he put scales on their faces. 
Satan has created a system. Listen to me. He has created a system to pander to people's whims. He created a system to pander to their desires. And he tries to convince them that they can have God's gift of salvation, that they can have God's gift of fountain of youth, and live any which way they want. That's the deception. That's the blindfold. These are the scales. You'll be a transformed, purified, privileged person. Not only that, verse 6, Paul said, only Jesus can give it to you. Only Jesus can give it to you. Your religion can give it to you. Your good works can give it to you. Your efforts can give it to you. Your giving to charity will not give it to you. Only the God who has created the world and said, let there be light, and there was light, he can say, let there be light in your heart and my heart, and there is light. Only he can do it. Only he can give it. So ask for it if you haven't received it. You can get it today. Accept the conditions of humbling yourself before him. And coming to Him, not on your own terms, but on His own terms. It's a gift, and He's willing to give it to you. So you get the spiritual fountain of youth by gazing at the face of Jesus, or recognizing that in Jesus and Jesus alone, all of God. Secondly, Paul tells us about its power. There is power in that fountain of youth. I mean, these people want to drink the stuff and think they're going to be look 20 again. No, no, no. i got news for you. This is much better. This is much better. Look at verse 7. The question here is, how do you appropriate it? Here's verse 7. He said, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You know what? I don't care how spiritual you are. I think the tendency in all of us is that we judge people by their outward appearances. We judge them by their wealth. We judge them by their clothes. We judge them by their titles. We judge them by their net worth. We judge them by their homes. We judge them by their cars. All the time. All the time. We're judging people by outward appearance. What are we doing to the book? We're judging it by its cover. The cover may be plated with gold leaf, but... The book could have nothing inside it. (laughs) Or by the same token, the cover could look terrible and very unimpressive. But the book is a classic book. The container may look terrible on the outside, but has gold in it. Or the container could be covered with gold and has dust and mud inside of it. You've got to understand everything in its context, okay? And the context of this passage is, as we've been seeing... Paul had some absolutely relentless criticism. He had people who were on his back criticizing every move. And we saw that earlier on a series of messages. These ferocious enemies whom Paul calls false apostles, together with some undiscerning, some non-discerning, some shallow-thinking Corinthian members of the Corinthian church, They got together and they were absolutely criticizing Paul for everything. I mean, whatever they could find and some things they made up and criticized him. Now, if you've ever been criticized, you'll understand what comes with this territory. (laughs) 
But they discovered that they could not destroy that fountain of youth that God has given the Apostle Paul. Because that's on the inside. Nobody can touch it. That fountain of youth that only Jesus can give you, nobody can touch it. And it takes you all the way to eternal life with Jesus in heaven. So when they failed in doing this, what did they do? They resorted to attacking him about his outward appearances. They began to attack him and criticize. I mean, they got so low as to attack the outward appearance of the Apostle Paul. They said, oh, he's unimpressive. He's not contemporary. He doesn't look good and he doesn't talk good. I'm not poor English, but you you know what I mean. That's what they were saying. Oh, but listen to me. When you really know that you have that fountain of youth, that fountain of living water that Jesus Christ has given you, that criticism is not going to get to you. It's not going to affect you. I'm not saying you're not a human being and you're not going to feel it, but I'm just saying it's not going to impact you as it would if you did not have the fountain of youth, if you did not have the living water inside of you that is bubbling up. And that is why Paul couldn't care less about responding to their shallowness. He couldn't care less about responding to their superficiality. Listen, when you know and you revel in the power of the fountain of youth that Jesus gives you, this criticism will be like water off a duck's back. Why? Because Paul had learned to revel not in who he is, but in that power that God gave him. No, 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 no. It's not just power. What did he say? It's all power, right? No, no, no. It's not all power. He's saying all what? Surpassing power. And that gave him the power of positive living. Far from arguing with them. Far from disagreeing with them. Far from contradicting them. (laughs) Paul agreed with them. You know, isn't it great... I remember one time somebody was coming and criticizing something about me, and I said, you know, I hate to tell you this, you don't even know the half of it. (laughs) I'm a lot worse than you think. (laughs) And we blew him away. I said, man, if you know the real me, you wouldn't talk to me. But then I looked at him and said, don't get uppity, because if I know the real you, I wouldn't talk to you either. (laughs) That's a fact. Paul said, hey, wait a minute, criticize all you want. You are focusing on the container. You are focusing on the cover. You are focusing on the outward appearance. He said, forget about my limitations. Forget about my weaknesses. Forget about my difficulties. Forget about my lack of eloquence. Ah, but I want you to look at the priceless treasure that inside of that container. Look at the priceless treasure. That's what I really want you to take care of. I, that's what I want you to see. That's, I don't want you to care, worry about me. <laughs> if a person is full of himself or herself, they have no room for God's gift of the real fountain of youth. That's a fact. And those shallow people to whom appearances was everything, those shallow people to whom image was everything, those shallow people to whom style was everything, those shallow people to whom external represented everything. They did not have the most important thing, which is the power, the power, internal power of the real 
fountain of youth. Where did Paul get this concept about clay jars and containers inside them and so forth? Well, you've got to understand that in the ancient days, they did not have banks. Uh, they did not have vaults. They did not have safety deposit boxes. So what did they do to protect and guard their treasures? They got these clay jars. And there's a good thing about the clay jars, and I actually grew up knowing that, experiencing firsthand, is to keep the moisture out. They're great. So they will put their gold and their silver and their jewelry, all their valuable things in these clay jars, and then they bury them in the ground. And only they know where it is. <laughs> there was a legend in the Middle East about this guy who buried all his stuff in a clay jar, and he marked it by the cloud in the sky. <laughs> and he came back and couldn't find it. <laughs> but not only that. Those clay jars are marvelous things to put important papers in them. Very significant papers that you don't want to lose. You put them in these clay jars and you bury them. You see that in the book of Jeremiah. Things like your property deeds. You can't leave them lying around. You put them in these clay jars and you bury them. And you know where they are. But the thing is, there was... Also, these clay jars were used for ignoble things, human waste and the rest of it. In fact, you know, they were so good, these clay jars keeping papers, that the Dead Sea Scrolls with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years were kept in a clay jar. After they discovered them uh, near the Valley of Qumran and near the Dead Sea, they were there for years inside one of those clay jars. That's why we have them today. The Dead Sea Scrolls. But these, as I said, these pots also used for ignoble things. Same thing. Same material. (laughs) Same substance in these clay jars were used for honorable things and dishonorable things. The same clay jars. They were used for precious things valuable things, and for distasteful things. Same thing, same material, clay jars. But these clay jars had no intrinsic value in them. They were cheap, they were breakable, and they were replaceable. The only worth that's about those clay jars is what's inside of them. Not the value, the price could be only pennies. Let me illustrate what I'm trying to say. Um, If I have a basketball in my hand, what would it be worth? Come on now. 20 bucks, right? The value of of the ball. You take that same basketball and you put it in Michael Jordan's hand and how much is it worth? Millions. What's the difference? It's not in my hand, it's in his hand. I read not so long ago that John Kennedy's golf clubs, some of them are twisted because apparently he had a temper and, and they were useless. But they sold for thousands upon thousands of dollars. Why? Because of who they belonged to. C.S. Lewis had a pipe, wasn't even worth 14 pounds. 
sold for over a thousand pounds. Why? Because it belongs to C.S. Lewis. See, that is what I'm trying to tell you here. The value is not in the ball, but in whose hand the ball is. And the, Paul, the Apostle Paul is saying the same thing here. Listen to me very carefully. I'm getting close to the end. Listen carefully. Paul is saying, my value, your value is not in the clay. My value and your value is not in the degrees. It's not in the money. It's not in the houses. It's not on the things we have. It's not even in the gifts. But the value is in what's inside of us. That real fountain of youth. Paul is saying to his critics, criticize me till your heart's content. Because I know that my value is not in how I look, but on what's inside of me. My value is not in my outward appearance, but in the one who owns me. My value is not in my lack of eloquence, but in the power of the words that he put in my mouth. Oh, when you get the real fountain of youth. The living fountain, the living water inside of you. Your value is incredible. It's incredible. What makes it incredible is that gift that Jesus gave you. You know what? The great thing about God is that he always, when he chooses the weak and the broken and the humble in order to prove that the value is not in the person, but in the gift that is coming inside of the person. He is saying that the power is not in the container, but in what it contains. <laughs> that the power is not in the clay jar, but what's inside the clay jar. That the power is not in who I am, but whose I am. The power is not in my title, but in the title deeds that he had deposited in me. The power is not in my net worth, but in the net worth of the one who owns everything and owns me. The power is not in my gifts, but in the giver of the gifts. The power is not in what I can and cannot do, but in what he can do through me. The power is not on how I speak, but in the one who speaks through me. That's what Paul is saying. Did you get it? No wonder. No wonder people are confused. No wonder they get on the defensive all the time. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because they've convinced themselves that the power is in the clay jar and not in the treasure of the real fountain of youth that's been deposited. No wonder people are so negative and down on themselves and down on others. No wonder some people are so discouraged and constantly disappointed and despondent. Because they have focused too much on the frame of the fountain of youth instead of the real living water. I've seen it. Somebody experiences a little success whether it be in worldly material or whether it be in ministry, whatever it may be, and all of a sudden, they kind of feel that they had something to do with it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, kind of they feel they're cut above. Can't talk to you. Sorry. And then when they get into trouble, they immediately way down in the dumps. <laughs> do you know why? Because they either have never received that fountain of youth, the real fountain of youth, or... They don't know 
how to revel and appropriate the power of that fountain of youth that only Jesus can give you. And Paul understood that the power of the fountain of youth that is working within, he understood how to revel in it, how to appropriate its power, and how to allow him to use him for his power. Paul knew that only in reveling in that power of the real fountain of youth would he really is able to withstand all that he withstood. Let me tell you something. To be a man experienced and living day by day in the power of positive living like Paul, it is impossible. Just read. Read some more from 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians. Read about his life. And that is why he comes toward the end of the chapter and he says, I may be experiencing enough pressure to crush 10 men. This is my translation, not yours. But I'm not crushed. (laughs) I may have lost all my worldly goods and I'm on the brink, but I know the way out. I may get hunted by my enemies day in and day out, but they'll never bother me because he promised that he will never leave me nor forsake me. I may get knocked down, but I'm never knocked out. That's what he's saying here. Uh, uh, That's what he's saying. I just gave you a use of translation of it. Those are his words. No one can stand the onslaught of such continuous pressure without knowing how to appropriate, how to revel in the power of the living water, the real fountain of youth. And Paul said that the power of the fountain of youth that Christ gave me, it will keep me on the road to positive living regardless of what happens and going to stay with me all the way until I go home to glory and there I'll become perfect like Jesus. That's what he's saying here. I think most of you would say, Michael, I know I've received that fountain of living water. But the problem is I have never known how to appropriate its power. I've never learned how to revel in the joy of it. I've always taken to heart people's criticism of me. And that rendered me ineffective and not doing much. My parents... Growing up, criticized me, my blemishes. They may criticized your failures, criticized your appearances. And you took that to heart and you believed it. You fell for it. And you took it to heart. Instead of understanding what it is and the criticizing the jar and let it, like the Apostle Paul, fall off you. You took it to heart. And now your life is ineffective Now your life is not going anywhere. And you're bored with life. You say, I remember the day when I gave my life to Christ. I remember the day when there was power in my life. There was a transformation in my life. There's a change in my life, but I've lost it all. Because you bought into the lie of the devil. And you accepted other people's criticism of you. Paul said, I will not let that get to me. I will never let that get to me. They criticize the jar, no problem what's inside today you can confidently say with the apostle paul it is not the jar it is not the cover it's not the container 
but it's the power of that which is inside of me that only Jesus gave me. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.